Hello, hello, and good morning. This is Hear Me Roar. This is going to be episode 17, HIV AIDS in the Black Community. So I just want to take the time to thank you all for your patience. I have been unable to record um, due to life, moving, new job, this, this, this. That's no excuse, but just uh, prioritizing a little bit. But I do intend on coming back here and uh, giving you uh, more podcasts uh, very soon here. Um, So this topic that I'm covering today is actually something that has been very uh, near and dear to my heart due to this new career path that I've taken. Um, As some of you may know from my previous podcast, I am a social worker. And so uh, currently I'm working at a clinic that does primarily serve those within the population of um, having HIV AIDS. And it has been something that has been very rewarding and something that I have learned a lot from. Um, So I narrated the title um, being HIV AIDS in the black community because I do work with uh, underserved uh, populations um, of those with uh, lower income. Um, And unfortunately, majority of those with lower income so happen to be minority. The biggest uh, population that we do see is uh, African-Americans and uh, Hispanic uh, individuals here, and um, we serve them. But one of the main things that I've been seeing as a trend when it comes to these individuals is that a lot of people who are close to them are unaware of their status. They are afraid to disclose their status because of the stigma that is associated with having HIV AIDS. Now, the stigma that's associated with them having HIV AIDS is due to the lack of education that we all have regarding it. I feel like we aren't given enough information regarding the virus. And because of that, we immediately shun those who um, who have it, who possess it. We uh, are like, oh, I'm not going to drink after them. I'm not going to eat after them. I don't want to be anywhere near them. Don't cough next to me. Don't touch me. Um, because we, we think that it spreads so easily. Um, and I'll, uh, another, um, kind of, uh, another thing associated with, uh, HIV AIDS naturally is, uh, homosexual, um, intercourse. We just think that it's mainly in gay men. They are more susceptible to, uh, transmitting the virus, but you can get HIV, through uh, heterosexual sex. Um, And I have seen patients who uh, were caught up having sex with an individual they were not sure um, had the virus. They had unprotected sex and the virus was passed to them that way. Um, And HIV, when it hits your body, it takes three months before... um, it really affects your uh, your system. And there you can get tested um, and find out whether you're positive or negative. A lot of people think that you have sex, you immediately find out that you have HIV. It unfortunately does not work that way. It takes three months for the virus to be shown within your immune system. Um, another thing, you can contract HIV through a drug use. Um, If it is uh, needles, um, as as many of you know. But the sad part about it is 
as I mentioned earlier, a lot of these people are afraid to uh, let their families know because they're afraid of being disowned. I'm going to share with you uh, a scenario. I will not be using patient names, ages, um, locations, or anything that could be identifying to this patient because I do not want to um, disclose their information out there. But I will give you the scenario. And I will be changing things around also to de-identify this patient. I have this patient who came in. Uh, they are a middle-aged individual who is currently in a relationship with his partner and has been for the past um, three years. They both are HIV positive. The issue in the situation is that the partner or the individual, the client who had came in, is trying to leave the patient. He doesn't want to be with his partner anymore. Excuse me. The, the client is trying to leave his partner. He doesn't want to be with his partner anymore. So his partner has already um, blackmailed him before when the patient has tried to leave by um, telling him that if you try to leave me, I will disclose your status. Now, um, the thing about this is the partner, he's not working. He does not have housing himself. He's staying in the home of the patient. Um, and he's relying heavily on the patient to provide for him. And so he knows that the only leverage that he has is disclosing this patient's status. And um, the patient does not want that at all. And so that is why he is remaining in a relationship with the uh, partner because he's afraid of being outed. Now, the patient has disclosed that, um, uh, I believe like a year or so ago, um, when he was first in a disagreement with his partner, his partner took to social media and made a post indicating that the patient was homosexual. Now, no one in the patient's life knew of his sexual orientation until that post. The patient's mother had found out about his sexual orientation via social media. And he said that he did not have the opportunity to tell her himself and he had full intention to do so. So he was exposed, um, his sexual identity, his children found out, his mother found out, his extended family found out. And patients said that it did take a long time to recover their relationship with his family. But now he feels more free because everyone knows his identity. Now, his partner is threatening to expose his HIV status via social media. That one for the patient is a bit more difficult because he understands that his family is not as educated about um, the virus and they are bound to disown him is what he says and be disappointed in him. So what do you do in that situation, huh? We discussed the options, the various options. We said, okay, well, if you leave this, if you leave your partner, I mean, you, you're just going to have to um, understand that this may come with it. How are you going to prepare yourself in the case that 
this does happen. If you are dead serious about leaving this situation and leaving this relationship, you are going to have to accept the fact that your partner is going to disclose your status online. The, partner, the, the patient states that it's very difficult for him because he, he just can't go through that again. And again, as a social worker, your main goal is to empower your patients and to allow them to make their own decisions. You are not there to steer them in the direction that you would uh, want them to go. If he does not want to leave his partner, that is his choice. If he is staying in the relationship because he um, doesn't want to be outed and he doesn't want his status to be disclosed, that is his choice. His partner also indicated that he would call his job and tell them that he's HIV positive. Now, you can't be fired from your job because of uh, an illness and you cannot be fired from your job just because someone discloses your uh, medical history. It doesn't work like that. But as we know, there have been incidents where people are fired for other grounds, um, you know, are terminated for other reasons, but we all know what the main source of it was. And, and, and he has every right to be nervous. I don't know his staff. I don't know his employers. I don't know his HR. So if he feels afraid, then he feels afraid. Now, my thing is, if it were me, again, it's not. I would try to beat my partner to the punch and disclose my status to those around me and take that leverage away from my partner and then leave him, kick him out. He has he has no leg to stand on if you beat him to the punch. Um, I did phrase this to my patient, but I phrased it in a more uh, sensitive way, in, in a way that wasn't uh, directional. Uh, the patient states that he has a lot to think about because, um, I mean, hey, it is a lot. It's a lot to think about. But, um... If it were me, I would beat my, my partner to the punch. I would tell my family and I would tell my job because what do you have? That's your only leverage. Not to mention the patient states that his partner is also HIV uh, positive, but his partner's family is unaware of his status. So if you look at it, they're both in the same situation when it comes to the disclosure of their, um, of the virus, um, he has more leverage than he believes, but he's just so afraid. That stigma that is attached with HIV and AIDS is something that seems to just be so unshakable. We, in our community, and this, this man um, is minority. He's not African-American, though. and uh, But we see it so prevalent in minority families, you know. Um, one of the situations that I heard... Um, and actually, I'm, I'm, I already touched mental illness um, in the black community, but I, I think I'm going to actually make another podcast uh, relating to this. But um, that can really take a toll on a person's mental health. They, they have no one to, to talk to. They're hiding their medications. They're ripping the labels off of their pill bottles because they don't want their family to uh, look up what the medication is and find out the status that way. They 
uh, lie when they're going to their doctor's appointments because they don't want to be accompanied and found out that they're HIV positive or they don't disclose the name of the facility that they're going to because that facility is primarily for HIV AIDS. Um, they still have yet to disclose to their family that they are um, in a homosexual relationship and are engaging in homosexual um, uh, acts and they are afraid to disclose that to their family. Um, I have also uh, aided a patient in hiding phone numbers from their partner um, when it comes to getting in contact with those who can assist with HIV because his partner is very, um, I don't know how to say this profession, but his partner is just really nosy. He, he looks into his you know, phone, he looks into all of his partner's belongings, his wallet, and um, I helped him uh, hide phone numbers um, because he needs that, he needs that help, whether his partner agrees or not. Um, you know, and, and it's a shame. It's a shame. We need to gain more education and educate ourselves further when it comes to HIV AIDS. Now, when you heard someone say that they had HIV AIDS in the 70s, the 80s, even the 90s, that was taboo. And you automatically assumed that they were contagious. You automatically assumed that they were homosexual. Um, I mean, look at Magic Johnson, for example. Now, the only difference with Magic Johnson versus these patients is Magic Johnson has money. So all of a sudden, his HIV and AIDS were cured, but yet there's no cure, supposedly. Um, so he has, he no longer has HIV AIDS. But when you heard that Magic Johnson had HIV AIDS, people automatically assumed that he was gay. People automatically assumed that he was having sex with men and he contracted the virus that way. Not really taken into consideration that it could have been contracted from a woman who had sex with a man who uh, gave her the virus. Not to mention HIV is a virus that you can be born with. But a lot of people do not realize with HIV that you can live a completely normal life as long as you are taking your medication as prescribed. There are, are a multitude of medications out there Um for HIV, maintenance. Um, some examples of this medication are Simtuza, Genvoya, Triamec, Truvada. Um, shoot, there's a lot out there. Odefsfi. Um, I'm trying to rack my brain right now. Uh, Descovy, uh, Bictarvi. Um, Icentris, you know, I'm just going to stop there because I, I I would take forever to get through the rest of the list. But regardless, there's a lot of medications out there. Now, the only issue with these medications are they are overpriced and you will need to get financial assistance in order to purchase these medications. And if you make, quote unquote, too much money, according to the state and or the pharmaceutical company that you are needing the medication from, you would have a little bit of a harder time to attain the medication than you would if you were lower income because there are a, a multitude of ways that a person with lower income can get that medication. This is why a lot of people unfortunately falsify documents 
and falsify applications so they can qualify. They may disclose a different amount of money. They may say that there are more people living in their household than what there are to lower their federal poverty level um, because they need the medication. I mean, I don't know anyone that can really afford $3,000 a month for one bottle of HIV medication. I, I know I can't. I definitely can't. Because, yeah, you you may be able to get your medication, but uh, you'd be homeless. That's for sure. You definitely wouldn't have a car to put gas in. You wouldn't have food in your belly. That's for sure. And it's a shame. Unless you are making, you know, or you're a multimillionaire, I don't see how $3,000 for one bottle of medication is realistic. And that's why a lot of these pharmaceutical companies are are, are scammers. They are con artists. They are ripping us off. They are feeding on the health or lack thereof of an individual and profiting off of it. And it is probably one of the most despicable, despicable acts I, I could possibly think of. And it's a shame, especially in America, that we are faced with such criminal, criminal acts. And, and it's allowable, you know, because, I mean, they're, they're making money. They're, you know, feeding into the economy. So, I mean, it's a shame. It's, it's, a, it's a shame. But back to the stigma. A lot of people in the black community, they are afraid to eat, drink, sleep, talk to, touch on a person with HIV AIDS because they are afraid of contracting the virus. Let me tell you now that in order to contract HIV, you will need to have um, blood. You, have, you would need to have um, like an open wound and then a lot of HIV blood inserted into that wound to get in, uh, to your uh, bloodstream. You would need to have uh, intercourse unprotected and semen being inserted into you. Um, and you would either need to be born with it or you can contract it through breast milk. But you cannot get it through pee. You cannot get it through spit. You cannot get it through touching. You cannot get it through saliva. You cannot get it through these things. It needs to either be blood, semen, breast milk, or birth. I want to to really emphasize on this because a lot of people, unfortunately, are very ignorant when it comes to this. I need you to know how you can contract it. Please do not shun those who you know are HIV positive because honestly, the thing with taking your HIV medication, you have a thing called a CD4 level and you have a thing uh, called your viral load. So those of us um, who are not HIV positive or or have AIDS, you have a um, low low viral uh, load. This is um, this is very important to have a low viral load. Now, with our CD4, we have a lot. We have a lot of antibodies, um, which allows us to keep our immune system strong. With the viral load, you don't want to have a high viral load because that is the amount of virus you have within your body. And if you have a high viral load but a low CD4, you have more virus than you do antibodies. So imagine a fight. CD4s are are the good guys. The viral load is the bad guys. 
If you have more CD4 than you do the viral load, the good guys can defeat the bad guys because you have more, right? CD4, good guys, more. Viral load, bad guys, less. You can win the fight. Now, if the viral load is higher than the CD4, if the bad guys are surrounding the good guys, the bad guys will win. Now, the CD4 is your immune system. That is what protects your immune system. If your immune system is low and has very little antibodies to defend you from the various viruses, bacteria, illnesses out there, you are more susceptible to catching diseases. You are more susceptible for your HIV to grow into AIDS. And you are more susceptible for um, serious terminal health issues. This is why with your medication, it allows you to suppress your viral load to less than 20. And it allows you to increase your CD4 levels to put you in a state where you can live a normal life. You, you continue to get your immunizations, immunizations and you, you live your, your life. You just take your pill every day regularly. It's kind of like a birth control. You take it every day. You try to take it around the same time. And if you can't take it around the same time, whatever, just take it and, and be gone. Be good. And I feel like a lot of people fail to realize these individuals can live a completely normal life. Now, if your CD4 level um, is low and you have AIDS, you can still take your HIV medication. Now, this one is a little bit tricky because I know some patients who have AIDS and they have taken their medication and their CD4 has risen. And even though it would be uh, like HIV level, they still would be labeled as having AIDS. Um, It is uncurable, but you can continue to live a long life without, uh, you can have asymptomatic symptoms, meaning that they do not show, which is what we want. And you can have AIDS too and live a, a normal life. Now it is harder when you have full-blown AIDS than it is if you have HIV, which is why it's so important to get caught early. It's so essential to catch it early. But um, a lot of times it's not even the AIDS that kills you. Your immune system is so weak that it's always something else that usually kills a person. Like rare forms of cancer, the flu, a simple cold, because your body cannot fight it. So your your aid, the AIDS barely has time to be the one that takes you. It's always some something else. It's always something else. Because um, you got to think, well, if your immune system is so low, you, you can't really even be outside. The air, something in the air can make you sick. Something in the water can make you sick. Like, I mean... It's insane. It's really insane. The difference it can make. And I feel like if we teach those in the black community about these different, um, you know, different different medications or we teach them about the various ways to take care of the, their health or if we teach them to get tested and get screened and even still you can live a normal life. And it doesn't make you a, a walking disease and you are not your disease, then maybe we can spin the the thought of 
having HIV AIDS and also take it that it doesn't have to be from homosexual intercourse. And even if you do contract it from homosexual intercourse, I mean, so what? So what? You have gays. You, you, you have transgenders. You have those having, um, having sex annually. Um, and it is what it is. I mean, shoot, so what? You just have to take more precaution. You need to use contraception. And you also, there is a pill out there called Truvada. Truvada for PrEP. That is used uh, to help you um, fight off the HIV virus. It's supposed to um, pretty much make it to where you wouldn't be susceptible to um, getting the virus. Now, Truvada for PEP is for post-exposure. If you feel that you may have possibly contracted HIV from an individual, you take Truvada, um, and I would highly suggest you uh, go see a doctor because they might also prescribe you a booster to fight off the virus. And a lot of times that booster is isentrous, but um, you should talk to your provider regarding that. You take that in conjunction. Um, and the thing is, post-exposure, you have up until 72 hours to take this medication. Or you may have contracted HIV AIDS. It's kind of like um, uh, the day after pill. You have until 72 hours to take that pill or it will be ineffective. So this is why it's important if you are on Tinder or if you're on these dating sites or if you are at the bar, at the club, and you decide to have sex with a stranger, take precautions. Be safe. Be safe, especially if you are more at risk. If you are engaging in um, gay sex, you, you need to be more precautious. You have to be safe, um, you know, and I feel that we need to further the education when it comes to this. These health classes that we're taking, we are not being taught well enough about um, the exposure of HIV AIDS. They just try to teach you abstinence. Well, at least in Texas, this is what they do. They teach you abstinence. They don't teach you how to put on condoms. They don't teach you about child care and how to care for a baby. They, they show you a bunch of pictures of genital warts. They show you pictures of uh, just all kinds of you know, diseases you can contract, syphilis, chlamydia, gonorrhea, but they never teach you, okay, this is what you do if you do contract these things. This is, this is, this is curable. This is not, this is a shot you got to get. This is the pill you got to take. No, it's just like, okay, if you have sex, this is what's going to happen to you. It's, it's an ignorant approach. It's been proven to be ineffective. And this is why it's very important you know, that we teach our, our children, we teach our, um, you know, our neighbors, our community members, our friends, we teach them that sex, sex is sex, but you need to be careful when doing so. Um, you know, when having sex with somebody doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to contract HIV, but you, you don't know. And a lot of times people don't disclose uh, their diseases to others. Um, so, I mean, and, but I have seen that um, on some of these gay dating sites, I've had patients show me, like Grindr or whatever, some some individuals have it in their info box that uh, they're on PrEP. 
indicating that they are taking guard to the exposure of HIV AIDS. Um, it's mainly seen with those engaging in, um, again, gay relationships. Um, but regardless, if that's something that you're into, I, I suggest you look out for that. That's very important to look out for. Um, but it's really sad. People are afraid to share who they are out of fear of being judged, out of fear of being exiled, out of fear of being talked about, you know, and we, we just have to change the narrative. If we've been able to change the narrative of the whole LGBTQIA movement, we can do this too, because this is a big proponent of, of that population. And it's something that we all, also us in the, you know, straight communities, we need to know about this too, because they aren't the only ones who are prone to, to getting HIV. I've also seen individuals who have HIV and are married. And although they take their medication regularly, they do not tell their partners, their spouses, their girlfriends, whatever, or boyfriends or husbands that they have HIV. I feel that if you know that you have HIV AIDS, tell your partner because you know good and well if you were engaging in intercourse with an individual who had HIV, you would want to know. You would want to have control of your body and be able to decide if you want to go further or not. But it's not okay to hide this status from an individual. It's not okay. Because a lot of people who have told me their stories, a lot of those who have contracted HIV AIDS, they wish they would have known yeah, because more than likely they wouldn't have had sex with that person. But also, if they were further educated and knew, you know, about HIV, and if that individual was taking their medication, you know, regularly, and their viral load was suppressed, and their CD4 was up, and their immune system was strong, then there wouldn't be anything to fear. Naturally, you, of course, would use a condom, too, but... But still, we have got to stop being so ignorant when it comes to this virus. It is so widespread. It is everywhere. There are people you probably talk to passing by in the grocery store, your neighbor, your best friend, your auntie that have HIV and you don't even know. Because it's not something that you could just see on the outside. Sometimes you can, again, if it grows into AIDS. But in the case that they are taking their medication and maintaining compliance you will never know if somebody has HIV and you can still engage in relationships with these individuals it's just important that you also take precautions for yourself and be in control of your body this is why prep and things like that are in place to allow you to maintain safety and keep your body strong but do not shun these individuals we we have got to educate ourselves We've got to do better. It's a shame that a lot of people feel that they need to hide from their own families, their own support system, because they're afraid of, of judgment. Imagine yourself in that situation and how you'd want to talk to someone and how you'd want people to be there for you and care enough about you, check on you, make sure you're taking your medication. Like, how would you feel? And it sounds so cliche, put, you, put yourself in their shoes. 
But it's true. Really imagine things from their perspective and see how you would want to handle things if you were them. People should not have to hide their status. We should learn more about it, educate ourselves, and embrace them. They are sick. They are sick. And if, if it was your mother, if it was your brother, if it was your best friend, what are you going to do? Oh, you had HIV? I'm not talking to you no more. No. You're going to want to make sure they're okay. You're going to want to make sure they're taking the medication. You're going to want to make sure they're making their doctor's appointments. Now, I'm not saying be overwhelming. I'm not saying make them feel like you're, you're hovering over them, you're helicoptering over them. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, I'm saying be present in your loved one's lives and understand that HIV is not a disease that should divide such a strong system that you have in place with your loved ones. If you have more information, I strongly suggest that you you study, you read articles, you read research studies, you know. Um, if you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to contact me, and I would love to refer you to some resources that I found helpful myself. We've got to do better, y'all. I just want to thank you again for tuning in to Hear Me Roar. Please stay tuned for the next episode.